thank you for joining me today on the Mighty Dragon. And I have Mr. Kelton Jones here. Welcome. Hello. Good day, good morning, good day, or good evening. It's good morning, <laughs> isn't it? Where you are. Uh, it's morning here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me. How do I intro you? Actor, director, producer, screenwriter, cinematographer. How yeah, would you well, all, of the, all of the above? <laughs> <laughs> Great mind say. What, what what would you say you were at the moment, actor? Um, it depends. Well, today I'm. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it depends on what day it is. Uh, yeah. So it, it depends on the project. But um, I, I think of myself generally just as a filmmaker. You know, as, um, filmmaker. Director and, yes. Uh, certainly, a lot of acting goes into that as writing. Right yeah. now, um, because of. Uh, you know, COVID, I'm spending a lot more time editing and um, writing. And then um, we're doing a, a documentary that I'm producing. So, okay. It's, that's all, it's all over, really. It just depends on, on what day. So, are you kind of busy in all of those different roles at any one time, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I'll, I'll, I'll go from like one day to the next uh, doing different roles. I actually just did a, a feature uh, that came out uh, this year that um i was on as the uh, as the actor i played the dad and then um <clears throat> i ended up uh, working a few days as a makeup artist um so that was a call sheet bingo for me that was like the one thing i didn't have on on my resume was a makeup artist so i was like cool. makeup artist do you know what i was thinking makeup artist i didn't see that <laughs> so yeah so cool makeup artist so is this a new area you're gonna grow in or what do you think um, well, my, my wife's a makeup artist, so she has all of all of the gear and they just they needed yes. somebody for the day. And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> brilliant. So that's another another title to your list here. What would you say is the most creatively fulfilling for you out of all of those different roles? Um, probably directing um, because you, you you're involved in the whole process. Um, yes. So like you're. It, it starts with, you know, working with the script and, and developing it and casting and, and building it and, and shooting it and, and then the edit process and then seeing it in the audience, you know, so like you get that it's sort of a full ride and it takes like, you know, forever to get through that process. But, yes. but by the end of it, it it's really um, satisfying to sit in the back of the theater and to watch people be affected by something that you created and, and sort of ride that emotional wave. Yeah. Uh, and it's sort of the only time you know whether or not what you did worked. You know. <laughs> do, do you get much time to write? Um, Screenwriting. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, a lot. Uh, it, writing's uh, tough for me because it's not um, it's not something I instinctively go to, but um, I'm fairly proficient at it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It. But it's a that's okay. it's the one that that has the most procrastination. I'm like, oh, I could clean the house, or <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean off. about. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were introduced by Craig Aaron's director that um, I've interviewed here on the Mighty Dragon, and and I would like to just to see how you um, started off. Really, you started out in Texas and you worked your way up to work uh, in the Passion of Christ. Mel Gibson's Passion of Christ. Could you tell us more about your journey to that point and also about what you did in that film? Um, uh, wow, that's that's covering a lot. <laughs> so a lot, a isn't it? We could, be here for a, could you just nail that up in a few sentences? No, no, just give us a rough <laughs> idea of what your, your journey was. Um, I, well, you know, I, I grew up, you know, watching movies and going to see 
uh, films in the drive-in. My my yeah. mom had a, a flower shop in Texas, in this really small town. Okay. And the, the adjacent wall, uh, wall next to us was um, a, a movie theater. And so yeah. whenever I'd come home from school, I'd go to the where she worked, and then I'd, I'd spend the afternoon in the movie theater. So like I, I kind of grew up on movies. And then early on, I got to uh, visit the set of a uh, Sam Peckinpah film, like when I was seven. Um, uh, he did The Wild Bunch. He was a phenomenal uh, American director, um, did a lot of Westerns and whatnot. But he did a movie called Convoy. And so I was there watching, uh, watching them film that. And I was like, this is so cool. And then uh, years later, I got to uh, act in a film. And I was like, hey, can I, can I help you guys? And so like, I was, I, I, I was, I was sort of done with my scene, but I was like, so yeah. enthralled by the cranes and the, all the, the lights and all the stuff. And I was like, can I hold a reflector or, you know, help build something? Yeah. And so they ended up hiring me on the, uh, the crew. And then I, I, I finished the rest of that movie and we like, we built a log cabin and we had big battle scenes. And like, I learned to make it, uh, pyrotechnics and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. So it was yeah. pretty wild. And then uh, that just led into doing a lot of film work and more film work and more film work. And then um, I was hired on um, uh, the the passion of Christ to um, to do lighting. So I was um, originally on as a gaffer. And yeah. then um, my friend who had brought me on um, uh, left to go uh, do, um, uh, trying to think of the name of the movie now. Um, it was the one with Will Smith and the robot. I robot. Uh, yeah, so he, yeah, he left yeah. to go uh, be like the visual effects supervisor on that. And so um, I ended up becoming uh, the visual effects DP for a lot of the the stuff that we were shooting uh, for the for the passion. So it, it was uh, it was really cool. It was a lot of yeah. miniatures. It was a lot of effects. A lot of like uh, uh, blood gags and all sorts of crazy stuff. Because we did all the wounds. We did all of the crazy stuff. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So that what an experience that was. Yeah, it was. It was pretty <laughs> crazy. amazing. Yeah. We we actually had a had kind of a funny thing happen um, when you know Mel was making the movie. He was really um, really nervous about getting it right. You know because yeah. he's he's very uh, very religious and and he takes it all you know very serious and he's really trying to do the story justice to his best understanding of it and you know he'd done tons of research and whatnot and yeah. Um, but he was getting a lot of flack in the press from it, you know, and, and so yes. like, he was having a hard time. And um, we were filming in a, in a parking lot and we were shooting this 16 foot animatronic uh, Jesus. So it was like a, 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 an animatronic version of Jim Caviezel on the cross. And we're shooting that last shot of the movie where you're like looking up and you see him on the cross. And the two right. Anyway, yeah. um, so uh, we're, we're filming that and I look over and I see this truck pull up. And it's a big, huge lorry pulls up and it says uh, G-O-D on the side. So it's a big red and white truck and it says G-O-D <laughs> on the door. And then across the side of it says G-O-D in big letters. And I'm like, uh, Mel, God's here. And, <laughs> and he looked over and he, he moved the curtain and he looks over and he sees the truck and he actually fell off of his chair laughing. <laughs> oh my like, God, yeah, that's yeah. incredible. And God would show up to check on him and he would show up in a, <laughs> in a huge truck. <laughs> That's amazing. Like you wouldn't put money on that, would you? That that would have happened. Like that's crazy. Oh it was my so, gosh. It was so random, but uh, yeah, really funny. Really funny. So when you were in Texas, and I do apologize, I didn't realize how that rate like random that question was and how vague that question was. But <laughs> when you were, <laughs> sorry, it's been a long year for me. Um, when you uh, were in Texas, would you say there was a big movie like you could progress in your career there, or did you have to move? 
to to really you know forge ahead in your career um well well the town that i, I lived in was really pretty small um so I, I i had to move to um like i worked in houston for a while right and i worked in in dallas and in dallas they, they did a lot of shows there um i worked on a kid's show called wishbone for a while um and i worked on walker texas ranger uh, quite yeah. a lot so, uh, we would do all the big explosions and stuff so like whenever they were going to do a big explosion scene or whatever i come in work yeah with. Um, so that, that was actually a lot of fun, uh, you know, working with Chuck Norris and all those guys. Chuck Norris. Really? Was, oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> it, it, it was a, it was a pretty neat, uh, introduction into the, into the business. Cause, uh, yes. Oh my I, gosh. I've been a huge fan. I'd watched his movies with my dad a lot. Yes. Was what cool. was he like to work with? Uh, he was super nice. Super nice. Yeah. Yes. He was. Oh my gosh. How cool is that? That's amazing. Um, I read that you um, were directing short films and then you did your first feature in 2019. How did, how was that after doing a lot of short films? Was it quite a seamless transition? Um, or was it quite di different and challenging, more challenging? Uh, it was kind of easier, really, in a weird way. Um, really? Yeah? The Because uh, I had produced um, features and I had DP'd features. So um, I, I was certainly comfortable in the feature realm because I'd worked primarily in that. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd been shooting short films since the since the 80s. So, you know, yeah. I've done tons of that. Um, so m moving to a feature, like it's, uh, the, the process is pretty similar because you're still biting it off in little chunks and telling the story and whatnot. Um, you know, the, the thing that gets complicated with, with features is that like now because you're trying to take it to a distributor later and sell it and whatnot, then you have to have all of this like massive amounts of paperwork and like, so mm. it just becomes a much more complicated um, process than, yes. so you don't have quite the same amount of like sort of uh, creative freedom that you have with, um, with shorts, like you have to really plan stuff out. Right, okay. But my my uh, my my business partner um, who who had written the film uh, Dry Blood uh, was really brilliant, and um, he was super um, super helpful. And the two of us worked together um, really um, quite well. Like we had a great synergy. Like because he would um, uh, like I was actually DPing part of the film as well. So like I would trade off with the cinematographer uh, because he was actually in the movie <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we would take turns filming each other. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but Clint, who had written the film, uh, he he was uh, also the editor, so he was kind of script supervising and make sure that that we we had the stuff that we need, and then he was checking the dailies at the end of the day, and then he would act. He was the lead in the movie, so it was like yeah. he just didn't sleep during the entire process. So oh I think it was gosh, yeah. a little harder on him. <laughs> it's <laughs> like major pressure. <laughs> oh wow! So. Uh, what do you think um, a certain genre is suited to short films, would you say? Is horror a better genre for shorts? Um, it's hard to say, like, you know, to me, short films tend to be like, um, uh, they're, they're really good for, for comedy and they're really good for um, sci-fi. Like they're yeah. really good for concepts and, you know, exploring a, a concept or an idea. Um, yeah. Uh, like quick little character studies or, or, or that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, you always have to have sort of a, a bit of a hook, I think, at the end of it, a bit of a twist to make it, yeah. you know, pay off. So, like, uh, it's, it's almost like a long-form commercial, in a sense, you know, like it's okay. a very... Okay. Um, but I do a lot of music videos, too, so, like, it's a very similar um, craft to that. 
Okay, and would you say that all filmmakers should start out with shorts or and work their way up from there? I, I don't know that there, with that. There's not really any rules to filmmaking. Um, yeah. Just make just you know do do what your passion is. So if you're passionate about um, telling a feature and you have the resources to make a feature, make a feature because like the yeah, it's such a different animal. Um, yeah, like like you you doing shorts, you think you kind of know what it is, but something about like when you do a feature like it's so much bigger you know yeah um, but I, I think you know exploring um ideas creatively you know like like to me um making short films is like like an artist doing sketches you know it's, it's just a way of sort of exploring different ideas or different techniques or um you know just different ways of reaching people you know yeah Okay, I must ask you, um, while I've got you here, about the um, Bram Stoker Festival in Whitby. As I'm English, I'd, I'd be rather interested to hear what happened there. <laughs> Thank you, for, anyway, for sending that clip to me. <laughs> I, I didn't get to go, um, which I was very sad about. I was, I was actually in the yeah. project when that was happening. I was like, ah, because I yeah, yeah. was so excited about getting to go. Uh, yeah. I, I'd been a, you know, a total goth kid growing up, you know. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah. The music, wow. yeah, music, I, I would have really, uh, really had a great time. But uh, we we did end up winning. Uh, we won best um, picture there, and we won uh, best actor with Clint. Yeah, um, which uh, we were like, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like we were incredible. Just having... Well done. Oh, wonderful. And uh, I'll share the video that you sent me um, to the readers of the blog, if that's okay, so they can watch it. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, congratulations. So do you have like a huge vampire hanging a st statue trophy with your your win on it at home? Or what, what did you get for winning that? <laughs> um, I don't know that they sent us anything actually <laughs> oh what well, that's a bit mean isn't it <laughs> but, uh, it's a shame uh, you didn't get there because they've got the at the abbey there is the basis of carfax abbey um where oh, wow. bram stoker uh, got the idea from yeah so i haven't seen it either so i really want i was going to go this year because they have a festival every year like a, a dracula type festival that you can go to every year so I was hoping, well, maybe next year now, so <laughs> it should be pretty interesting. But so congratulations. So did that lead on to anything else with your short film or was it just um, that festival you were going for? Uh, well, we actually, that was one of the festivals we were in. We actually won, um, I don't know, like 30 awards overall because um, oh, wow. we were in festivals in, in Los Angeles and Toronto. Yeah. Um, in Australia, um, uh, we, we did one in, uh, in Ireland, um, a, a ton across uh, you know, Memphis, um, uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Um, so, so like we, we really had a, a, a good showing and, and it was really well received. People, um, yeah. you know, especially in the festival environment, uh, they really, really enjoyed the film. Oh, so congratulations. Was, that must have been a, a fantastic feeling. 30 awards. That's incredible. That's an incredible achievement, isn't it? So well done. Um, I wanted to ask you about the character Michael Ryan, you played in The Evil Down the Street. And mm -hmm. um, what attracted you to play that role? Um, I'd read the script early on. Uh, uh, Craig had, had shown it to me uh, pretty early. Yeah. And 
I was really drawn to the to the idea that sort of I had in my head of like that it, it, it even though it was it was an idea of, of a possession that it was really um, kind of exploring what it was like to be in a relationship with somebody who's um, who's changing whether that's through some sort of drug addiction or alcohol addiction or whatever where yeah. like the person that you know becomes somebody that you don't recognize and 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 how um, families can slowly devolve and, and the pressure that puts on the kids and on the father and whatnot. And so um, for me, it was sort of always in, 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 in my head that, that like what was happening wasn't supernatural, but it was like something that was, that, that was natural. It was like alcoholism or it was something that was, that was um, changing who this person was that I loved and I didn't know how to help her. And, um, right. and, and kind of going through and thinking like, okay, we're just going to keep everything calm and keep everybody, you know, just keep the peace, you know, and, and then uh, eventually you get to a point where you're like, you realize that you're in over your head. <clears throat> and I, I think that 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 really resonated with me because like, you know, even though it's a, it's kind of a fantasy based idea, you know, of the, the supernatural, um, that it did feel uh, very real and, and yeah. human grounded, you know, when we were doing it. Oh, it sounds quite intense sort of role to play did you yeah. find it quite emotionally stressful or can you easily switch off from from that um you know in in the time like what you know uh when you're performing like you get into the full emotion but um uh, I, I tend to lean toward the the style of acting where like you you do the scene and then you're out of it you know and, and yeah so you can create the the character in the moment uh, okay so like I'm, um, I'm much Meisner actor than a Strasbourg type where like you you know the the Strasbourg guys like walk around all day going uh you know and <laughs> torturing their castmates and whatnot you know <laughs> okay that sounds interesting I must see that film that's one of Craig's films I need to see um also I read that you'd worked with Rod Robert Zemeckis I can't say that name properly and Ice-T I can say that correctly um can you tell us more about that um, Ice Tea, I've worked with quite a bit over the years. Um, yeah, I I, I did um, uh, a movie that that he was in back in the '90s that I worked. Yeah, with my wife. Uh, actually, it was the movie that we got engaged on like 20 years ago. Uh, but uh, later, I ended up working with him again because I did uh, I shot a documentary that he was the executive producer for. And then um, uh, uh, it was a film called uh, Iceberg Slim: Portrait of a Pimp, which was. Um, actually a really touching uh, documentary about the the guy who had um, written these series of books that became sort of the basis for uh, what became hip-hop. Um, oh, you know, right. He, he sort of brought this culture into um, uh, into the literary world and and he's one of the most kind of important American writers that most people aren't aware of unless you're part of that culture. Um, okay. It's a really fascinating story. Yeah, anyway, um, that's interesting. Uh, so, so that was a really cool project. It's actually where Ice T took his name from, and Ice Cube took his name was from Iceberg. Um, right. Okay. Um, and then I did um, like I've done a lot of stuff with uh, Body Count, uh, which is Ice T's you know heavy metal band. Uh, so okay. Their videos and stuff. Um, uh, so they're just super cool guys. And then uh, with Robert, um, uh, he had seen a film that. Uh, that I had shot and, and uh, produced and he liked how it was shot and his wife uh, hired me to um, 
be the cinematographer for a documentary that she did. And so uh, we, we actually flew around the country and my son did sound on it and, and we would fly in her private jet. We would fly to Texas. Uh, yeah. So we drive, drive there in the morning, fly to Texas, shoot an interview, have margaritas, fly home. <laughs> that sounds good, Dice work. <laughs> sounds good. But uh, she, she's really a, a brilliant filmmaker. Her name's uh, Leslie Zemeckis. Um, right. She did a really interesting documentary about uh, conjoined twins. Um, oh, right. From the, the Todd Browning's movie, uh, Freaks. Okay. Um, wow. The twin girls from that. And the, um, and the movie that we did was about uh, a tiger trainer uh, named Mabel Stark, who was a, like one of the first tiger, she was the first female tiger trainer, you know, not just like somebody who was in the ring, but actually like train them. Okay. Um, so it was a really interesting uh, historical. This is not like, um, what was that guy? Oh my God, I've forgotten his name now. That crazy guy who was on Netflix. The, the, the Tiger King. <laughs> Very yeah. different. Very different. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It just opened my eyes to a world I didn't even know existed because the regulations there are so different from anything that we have over here. And I was just like, my God, that's just mental. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> honestly honestly that whole documentary was just insane so yeah that, so i presume that other one was completely different <laughs> to it's, that. It, it's very it's a very different um group of people like um the people that we were interviewing were you know they they had been doing you know in in their families they had been animal training and, and like they yeah. um, they really love their their animals like they really take amazing care of them the veterinary care yeah. and the love that, that these people have for their animals is is remarkable and it's very different than like the exploitive stuff that you saw in, yes in, yeah it's, a, it's it's kind of a different world you know like like the, those guys were like you know meth heads and you know cult yeah. leaders <laughs> it was a yeah. animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> so so interesting reading your bio on on imdb to the everything that you worked on you're just such an all-round sort of filmmaker aren't you it's kind of done everything really haven't you yeah I'm just a geek you know I'm just I like everything about it I, I love shooting miniatures I love doing effects I love yeah right like all of it it's just like it's so much fun and I, I can't pick one you know it's yes of coolness you know it's like everything you do on the set is cool <laughs> yeah and I thought it was very interesting as well that your whole family I like that as well like your wife and your kids and that God, is there a big clash of egos here or is it just all quite a happy environment with everyone just chipping in and um we we work together um uh, quite a lot actually it's yeah. uh, it's pretty cool um my wife and son just did a, a a project with Hans Zimmer, uh, which was super cool. Um, my 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 son Zeke is a musician. I mean, you can see all yeah. those. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So I was going to say that's so impressive. <laughs> uh, he actually he did the score for the the short film that that we got into Cannes this year, um, and then uh, I I wrote it oh, wow. and produced it. My wife directed it. Um, yeah. And then uh, my son Declan's amazing actor, writer, singer, whatnot. So like they. I don't know, we, we're just 
dorks. <laughs> Do you know what? It's amazing. I think it's amazing you can work with your family like that. I think if me and my husband and my daughter work together, we'd end up killing each other. But, you know, bodies under the patio job. But I think that's amazing. So it's it's very impressive. Guitars hang in there. Is that a piano as well yes. in the back? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, so cool. Um, I wanted to ask you too about um, you're a mentor to other filmmakers. Um, how how do you do that? And what would you most like those mentees to take from you, from your experience? Um, well, I have like some amazing mentors in in uh, in, in my environment, like uh, one of my dearest friends is Sean Cunningham, who uh, directed Friday the Thirteenth, um, the original, yeah. and amazing uh, House and Deep Star Six, and you know, yeah. like all of these like like really great films from the, from the eighties and, and onward. Um, and he's a really brilliant producer and and storyteller. And um, you know, it's it's funny. Like people think of him as being, you know, a horror guy, but but he's a, uh, you know, he came from theater. He was directing um, uh, stages, like Broadway shows, when they go on tour, and and like he's just a, he's actually a really brilliant storyteller and, and really yeah. a director, and and he's interested in a huge um, array of, of films, um, and so we we talk quite a bit about uh, directing and about acting and about uh, you know uh, this kind of stuff. But he's really kind of helped. Um, helped guide me in a lot of stuff that I've been doing. And then I've been studying with uh, Joanne Barron, who's, uh, who's a brilliant Meisner teacher. Uh, I've been studying with Mark Travis, who, who trains like, you know, uh, Academy Award-winning directors on how to work with actors and whatnot. Um, yeah. So I've been really, really fortunate to work with um, just brilliant people. You know, uh, right now I'm, I'm studying with uh, Lisa Malilo, who, um, who actually worked with on Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah. Okay whatever <laughs> like so it's, it's it's sort of all coming back around but um so it's, it's really important uh, i think for any artist or, or craftsperson to find somebody who will mentor you and and will share their knowledge and their love of the craft with you and then um it's your responsibility to carry that on to the next generation of filmmakers so i, I work with a, a young actress theater camp and i teach um you know uh, kids like eight to 18 how to make films um, that was actually the, the project that we got into Cannes was, was um, with the acting camp. Um, and then any filmmaker that I've, that I've met that I've worked with, like I'm always like, you know, what can I do to help you advice wise? Or, you know, who can I introduce you to? Or, you know, how can I um, uh, encourage you to make the best story that you can make, you know? Yeah. And to tell your story and to trust your instincts and whatnot. And so I, I think, you know, for me, it's, I love, movies and I want to be able to watch great movies for the rest of my life so if I can influence people to make great movies that I can see later that's great <laughs> you know? yeah um, when you what say you like to watch great movies what great movies do you like to watch what are your favorites uh, oh, there's another so vague question <laughs> tonight is a vague question <laughs> I do apologize <laughs> You know, it's really hard to say because there's so many out there. I mean, there's so many just fantastic films um, and there's fantastic television on right now. I just watched um, a, a Russian series uh, called to the, to the Lake. That was actually really cool. But, um, really? you know, Queen's Gambit is fantastic too. I don't, I don't know if you've seen that. Um, I've not seen that yet. Oh, so good. So good. Um, yeah. But I, I really like, um, you know, well-written uh, character-driven stories. Um, 
I love uh, independent films. You know, I go to Sundance yeah. every year when I can. Um, and um, like, I love, um, I love seeing the voices of, you know, especially like female directors, the ones that are doing their own stories that, that aren't like um, just trying to copy what they see in the movies, but that, that they're really like taking the medium and expressing themselves, you know, and, and yeah. seeing people cultures telling the story that's their story that's their culture that's their view of the world whatnot um yes and to me that's that's brilliant you know i just love seeing people um express in that way and, and so like there's a lot of things i've, I've seen that that uh, was really great um me earl and the dying girl was was really fun i don't know if you've seen that but um no i I've, there's so much i need to see i've got to see the undoing we're still finishing off the sopranos we've had a big batch load i've never seen the sopranos and we're on the last few episodes incredible how did i miss that for years that's just crazy really you can't go wrong with anything that hbo does like the yeah. HBO series are fantastic yes yeah like acting and production value yeah I, I must admit i'm looking forward to cobra kai the next one Oh, yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I was an old fan of William Zabka <laughs> back in the heyday. <laughs> and it, some things never leave you, do they? But yeah, I'm looking forward to that next year. There's so many great films next year, like the Bond film that was supposed to be out this year. And, you know, all of them that I think there's a Mission Impossible. Uh, oh, and Top Gun as well, isn't there coming out? Oh, yeah. So 2021. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you were in three films this year I saw on IMDb. Um, how has this year been for you seeing the, obviously with the pandemic and everything as a filmmaker, has it been super tough or okay? Have you adapted well? Well, most of the films that, that have come out this year were films that were done, um, you know, in the year or the year before, you know. So yeah, they, yeah. You know, it takes a while to get through the post process. Yes. And then to get distribution and, and get released, yes. and especially in, a, in the indie film world, you know, there, there's a bit of a delay for that. But as far as this year, um, I was in a, an, an Apple iPhone commercial for the iPhone 12, um, which was actually a lot of fun. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you get an iPhone as well? Did they say no. take, an, a, take some of our products? Yes. <laughs> I would love that. I would be like, give me, the, give me all of them. Uh, <laughs> you no, know, it, uh, it was very cold. Um, yeah. Uh, I was in a Tame Impala video, um, so it was kind of fun. Um, but th this year's mainly been fairly quiet. Like last year, um, I did quite a quite a lot. Um, like I was in uh, a Shakespeare in the Park. We did King Lear. Um, oh, did you? Wow. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Was that um, a socially distanced King Lear? No, th this was last year. So this was before, oh, okay. before all of this craziness yeah um, actually that, that's sort of the, the the saddest part of all of this is is that it's really been just devastating to live theater you know yes and, and um, because it there's something about that that communal experience you know television and, and film like they're they're still managing to continue to, to you know do their craft and whatnot but uh, these people that have dedicated their lives to doing broadway and and um, yeah you know, it's uh, so hard to get to that point to be able to perform at that level and yeah. to have that just taken away from you for a year is just devastating. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I wonder how much of this will recover for next year, you know? 
Yeah, um, you know, I think the venues, you know, are going to have a really hard time. Like a lot of the small stages, you know, around uh, the area where I live, there's tons of these cool little 99 seat theaters. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know how many of those are going to survive. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like, you know, when we can come back and, and people are going to be so hungry for that communal experience. Um, yeah. And I think that there's probably going to be a huge renaissance in, in, yes. in music and, and live theater. Yeah. I'm hoping anyway, <laughs> but, yeah. but so, so, you know, we're all just working on d developing our craft as much as we can at home so that when it comes back, we're ready. Yeah, yeah Actually, absolutely. I, I just submitted. Um, so hopefully uh, there'll be an audience for that. <laughs> well, one of the questions I have for you here, and I, I'm wondering if there is a genre that you've not been in, but is there a genre that you haven't worked in that you'd like to? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Why am I not surprised by that answer? <laughs> <laughs> I cast a wide net, so like you know, <laughs> really, you know, I'm just a big kid. I'm just playing, you know. So like, you know, I I, I always like seek out the things that I want to do. So like, yeah, uh, going and doing, uh, you know, I was in an action film with this this Russian supermodel directed where she like uh, ends up like breaking my neck, which is like amazing. <laughs> so much fun um <laughs> that was one of the ones that came out this year actually um yeah i'm in the trailer actually i'm in the trailer yeah game. yeah um yeah. uh so that was that was a blast um sci-fi I, I would definitely love to do a lot more sci-fi um yeah right? uh, you know horrors you know really fun uh doing that but i was just in a like a lifetime movie uh you know as, as like the dad or whatever um probably rom-coms you know like that's yeah some, haven't done that would be okay uh, bizarre kind of I yeah explore, like, how to really make that work but uh, yeah uh yeah I don't, like all, all the fun things you know if there's spaceships and explosions like i'm all about it you know yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> sign you up for that um okay we're, we're down to our last few questions and as christmas is approaching is there a favorite christmas film of yours that you have to see or not really. Um, oh, there's so many. There's uh, you know just so many great films. Uh, Rare Exports was brilliant. Um, like there's so many like Gremlins, like the old school, you know. Like, oh, Gremlins, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually I got to see um, my friend Sean actually gave gave his tickets to see um, a screening of uh, It's a Wonderful Life at Oh the, wow where they screened the uh, like a. a a restored black and white 35 millimeter print of the film um oh. and the amazing theater that they had and then they had like the surviving cast members and people come up and talk about it and whatnot it was really an incredible experience but it was i i'd always kind of saw that film as being a little bit um sentimental and and you know like because I'd, I'd seen it every year on tv growing up and whatnot and I, I didn't realize that they actually cut a lot of that film out of the TV version. Um, really? Like there's a lot of scenes in there that give a lot of context to the bigger story that they were telling. And and seeing the movie in its entirety, I got a whole new appreciation for it. I'm like, this is really a brilliant film. And and it, oh, it was really an interesting sort of warning about um, society in general of like, what happens if we don't, um, you know, take care of each other and we let uh, people accumulate too much wealth at the expense of, you know, the working class. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was really like, it was a very um, kind of powerful, you know, progressive filmmaking. 
I'll actually be doing a podcast next week about that film with a friend of mine who um, we're fans of that film. Um, and I, I wondered why it had crashed, really. It was in po it was post-war, wasn't it? Post-World War Two, and pr probably one of James Stewart's first films after coming back from the war. And I, I couldn't believe that it just didn't do that well when it was released back in those days. And it just grew to be something that we know now to be such a classic. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. And Frank Capra, too, a phenomenal um, director. Yeah. And they never worked together after that film, which was uh, surprising. And, and I think part of it was because, you know, the film wasn't, um, wasn't as well received. Uh, I'd read one thing that um, they didn't um, secure the copyright properly for that. Okay. And so uh, the film uh, became public domain. Um, and because it was public domain, the television networks could show it for three. So, so here in, in the States, right. they, every year they would show that film because you had a movie with a famous director and a, and a famous actor that they could show and everybody would watch. And it sort of became a classic by default. Right. Okay. Yeah. But they, like I said, they would shorten it. You know, they would cut cut out scenes to get the runtime down to allow for commercials and whatnot. And so they they kind of um, cut out a lot of the more kind of political aspects of the film. Right. So they, they really sort of cut like the the intent because they, they came back, um, you know, Capra and, and Stewart had just come back from fighting, you know, fascism, you know? So like they mm. were like, they were, yeah, you know, they were really concerned about the future of, of the country because the country was really gearing up into this new industrialization and whatnot um yeah before. And, and so they were concerned about the direction that it was headed in and so like they they tried to make something that was um gonna kind of help society along you know which i thought was interesting. right yeah i think that um on some of the trivia i read that the old man gower that he worked for as a kid uh, who had accidentally changed the poison you know the tablets into poison oh you know that scene the man the actor was actually drunk in that episode because he was so nervous about what he had to do by hitting the child and that was real blood on that kid's face <laughs> I don't know I don't know if that's true or not but he did seem drunk that guy to be fair but it, it was one of the worst things he's had to do on screen I read that yeah wow. that actor I think there's so many stories coming out of that film um, yeah, can you imagine getting away with that now? Oh, just turn up drunk and slap a child around, you know? <laughs> can you imagine that? Let me get drunk real quick so I can, you know, effectively crap out of this Yeah. I don't think they make it worse because it's yeah. not it, it <laughs> hard to swim. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I read too that it was James Stewart's most favorite film of his that he'd been in, which I thought was pretty cool seeing how many great films he'd been in, all the Hitchcock ones and all of that, you know, I thought, wow, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, so just finally, um, what does 2021 hold for you? Oh, it's so hard to tell. <laughs> more, of, more of the same, a lot of it. I mean, it's, um, you know, I've got a lot of projects that I'm working on. Um, instead, I'm doing a, a, a documentary that I'm producing and shooting. Um, um, uh, hopefully, you know, getting a chance to do some theater. I just submitted a, a play to an off off Broadway festival that Samuel French puts on. Okay. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, making a feature. I'm looking at a lot of scripts right now and, and working a lot of projects. So we'll see. You know, I, I never know what's going to happen until it happens a lot of times. Yeah, so it's kind of just see what happens and go for it. 
you know, we just keep working on on getting better at whatever it is we do um yeah downtime and then when we get a call we, we kind of you know like fireman you know we gotta rush in and go do it <laughs> <laughs> oh superb well may i wish you all the best um for next year and also wish you a very happy christmas to you and your family and thank you for being the last interview on the mighty dragon in 2020 yes uh, th thanks for letting me uh you know make it in thank you <laughs> thank you so much thank you to kelton for that interview and i'll see you all in 2021 happy christmas everyone